Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Real Review. My name is Kevin. And I'm Joan. And we are The Real Movie Guys. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Jojo Rabbit takes place during World War II, and it is a satire that follows a lonely German boy named Jojo, whose worldview world is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother is hiding a young Jewish girl in their attic, aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. Jojo, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism. With that being said, before we get into this review, just remember that spoilers will follow in this review, so if that's something you would like to avoid, we do recommend pausing the video, checking out the movie, then coming back to hang out with us, or if you simply don't care, good to have you here. John, what'd you think yes. of this movie? <laughs> what'd you know about this movie? Let's not say what you thought about this. What did, what did you what did you know about this movie? I mean, how did you... I, this movie kind of flew under... It was popular, I remember, seeing like little brief glimpses of it, but do you remember a big fuss made about this movie initially? I think the only way that I knew about this movie was from one of the award shows. Well, yes. Where, I saw, it, where right. I saw it kept not getting nominated. Mm -hmm. And like they would show like different pieces of it, and I was like, oh, kind of looks like a good movie, but... <laughs> I didn't hear about it from like any other way. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. I feel like there wasn't, I mean, I remember seeing some marketing for this movie. It was mostly online. I don't believe there was too much TV marketing. Uh, but again, I do remember seeing some, and then when the Academy Awards came, you know, I, I saw it was nominated and I was like, this, this is great. Uh, yeah, I, I really, uh, th this movie's really good. I have to say, I want to start. This movie is really good. Um, Taika Waititi, who, for, for people who don't know, he did Thor Ragnarok most recently. And also he also very, did uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which I love. is one of my favorite movies. And he also had a part to do in the Mandalorian series. Right, right. He played uh, was it IG Eleven was the robot, which was yeah. Know, he's good. He's great. Well, he also did the directing too. Yeah, he did direct an episode as well. Correct, correct. He did direct an episode. Uh, Taika Waititi is a very strange man for anyone who's seen him. I mean, you've seen him in this. He plays Adolf Hitler. Uh, but besides that, he's just a very interesting director for where I feel like he sees things differently than everybody else. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, which is a movie I'd like to cover eventually down the line on this channel, is a movie that's about vampires that live together. And just, you know, they're roommates and they hang out and deal with everyday things. Interesting, interesting perspective. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, even more so, I think. It took the character of Thor, flipped him on his head, and it was a totally different take. We were laughing. I think I laughed more in Thor than many of the other Marvel movies at that point. I just thought it was great. Taika Waititi knows how to balance comedy. And I think with the strange way, the strange way this movie came about, I think he was the perfect choice of a director. Uh, John, what did you think about the subject material of this movie was it was it was it was weird right that's the best way i could say it, it was probably weird at first glance seeing it i was kind of weird i'm like what, what could this possibly be about yeah it was strange and like even once you started watching like the movie mm -hmm. you were kind of like wondering like how were they going to portray hitler and what like were they going to do about that because it's always like a sensitive topic yeah and like I feel like the way that they portrayed Hitler in the mm -hmm. movie right. was just a great way to do it. Like to make him just like a goofy loser who like nobody cares about. And he just seems like that kind of like, like almost like a class clown kind of guy right. in a way. 
Well, what's interesting is Jojo in this movie, Jojo is a Hitler youth at this point in Germany during the very end of world war two. Uh, you know, Hitler's fall is starting to happen. Everything's falling around him. You know, they don't really see it yet, but you know, it's known at this point, but Jojo represents like the blind Hitler youth that followed and loved everything Hitler did. Uh, that being uh, the way this movie is just a political satire, which, which is really interesting to me. It satires the whole, you know, time of World War II and what being in Germany was like then. Uh, the most unique thing, I think, is that Taiko Waititi, he uses comedy not to make fun of the Nazis, uh, but to show the irony of the situation. Uh, everything, like you said, they have a scene. There's, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Um, Sam Rockwell's in it. Sam Rockwell plays a general, you know, from you know, the Nazi army. Uh, he pretty much says there's an opening scene with him. He pretty much is like, Oh yeah, you know, it's falling around us and an injury. I could have completely avoided darn. Like, again, it's just, they're, they're, he's trying to play off the irony, which I think is really great in this movie. Uh, what did you think of that, John? Did you think that was interesting or? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I just think, like I said, it's, it's funny cause he's a good, a good, this is, this is what struck me most. This is one of those interesting movies that's hard to talk about in some ways. But uh, the beginning of the movie, you know, shows Jojo, you know, he runs outside. He's all happy to be, you know, joining the Hitler. He's joining like a training group and everything. Before that even starts, though, they have the Beatles, uh, a Beatles song playing in German. <laughs> and they show a montage of Hitler coming out to everybody, waving to the crowd, girls fainting, people waving their hands. And at first you're like, oh, they're just making fun of it. But the truth is it was, it was really like that. I mean, you could probably say at that time period during world war two, Hitler was probably like Beatlemania big. And, and as far as Germans, Germany's concerned at that point. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is too, like watching like world war two movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I've watched so many different like documentaries about it. Right. And like, you can just see some of the things that were real and some of the things that were kind of like embellished in certain things. Right. But I feel like they did a very good job of like, mm -hmm. not necessarily like just playing it like safe. Right. But kind of just showing you in a way, like, like you were saying how like dumb some of the ideology is um, like just how hypocritical some of the things that they were saying were. Well, for example, right? There's a scene. The there's a scene in this a scene where the, um, you know, the, the the secret police come, they come knocking on the door and they're going hail Hitler, and that's you know the salute, that's the greeting that they have to each other. That scene, I, I looked it up. I think they say it 31 times, within a minute, to each other because everyone's saying it to everybody. And again, it just shows the stupidity of that whole belief system where they were blindly following Adolf Hitler and just like, we have to salute everyone and salute our Lord and savior. Again, it's just so stupid. Like they're making fun of it, but there's, it's kind of the truth, which is interesting, yeah. which is a good satire always does. Right. A good satire always makes fun of the truth, which I think is great. Uh, even like the training camp, uh, they show all the boys are training, you know, we're going to show you how to fight in war. We're going to show you how to do this and that. And then they go to the women. Oh, the women are going to learn how to make beds and have babies. <laughs> well, the uh, weird thing, and it's like, Oh, that's, that's really, again, but that's, that's what, it, that's what they were doing. They weren't fighting in war. They're like, all right, this is what we're using you to do at that point. Well, the weird <laughs> thing was that they also had that Jojo's one friend, the right. little fat kid, mm -hmm. they had him and it seemed like. He didn't even want to be part of it at first. Just blindly following. 
like <laughs> like towards the end, he started acting like he was going to get really a part of it. Right. But I don't think the kitty ever knew how to do anything like that they were doing anyway. No. Like no. they showed that Jojo couldn't make it because he got injured. But I don't think that kid could have made it anyway because they were doing all that running and stuff. Right. Well, and I don't think like he was really doing it. Right. Yorkie's an interesting character, I feel like, because he represents almost the common sense to the the you know Hitler is in his subconscious, but Yorkie represents the realistic common sense. Oh, but still like still following, but he still has common sense. He's like, oh yeah, they gave us new uniforms. They're made out of this new kind of paper. Feels really flimsy though, and he's like rubbing his like suit, and it's made out of paper. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to do it again. This is this is what you know the Hitler youth teach at this point. He's very reminiscent of that. Um, but even before we go further, imaginary Hitler, I think, is just very unique. It's a it's a it's an odd choice, and I like how Taika Waititi when he it, I was asked in an interview, "Why are you playing Hitler? Like why why you? Why not cast somebody else?" He's like, "Well, wouldn't I be like the biggest you know f you to Hitler at that point if it was played by me of all people?" Which I have to agree, you know, he, he captures it perfectly. He captures this silly character, but he portrays the, the silly ideology as, you know, blindly following Hitler, which is, you know, what a young boy would see Hitler as if he was his best friend. That's how he would want to picture him, uh, which yeah. I think is great. It's a great, it's a unique character perspective. Even more so, there's a scene later on when it's towards the end when Jojo's starting to feel a certain way, you know, about the Nazis at that point, starting to disbelief in them they take a scene like directly out of a Hitler speech and Taika gives it like ferociously and angrily. He likes, he's like yelling at him, shouting him, doing the whole hand gestures and movements. And it was really dark. And then he just snaps out of it and is back to his old silly self. It's like, again, it's like Jojo's self Hitler is such a strong representative of Jojo's self-conscious in this movie, which I think is excellent. I really do. Yeah, definitely. Even, and I think, right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think also you can see a lot of like just when he starts meeting the girl that they have locked up in like the mm -hmm. attic or whatever it is or hidden in the attic. Right. I feel like he learns a lot from her about different things, even mm -hmm. though she's trying to at first just teach him like funny things like all these things that he thinks he knows about them. Right. But I feel like she taught him. Right. No, I, I see that. And you, you start to see that develop as a character, which I think is people great. were just fine, fine, following blindly. Right. And that if they actually talked to some of these people that they were throwing into concentration camps and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. that if they actually talked to some of these people that they would learn more than and then that would have them change their mind. No, no, you're right. And like I said, it's just. That, that that perspective is really unique, and I really do enjoy that. Um, a little bit about the filming I want to talk about is the use of color in this movie. You might find it odd, especially for this being, you know, a, essentially a war taking place during war times. There's a lot of color in this movie. Um, everything from the reds to the green, any, any color really pops. Everyone's very fashionable, uh, well-dressed for the most part. It's kind of odd, right? I mean, I would think it's kind of, you know, seeing that, like, why is everyone like that? And Taika Waititi, in an interview, when he was asked, you know, why, why does this movie look so different? Uh, the reason really was is because during that time, during World War II, actually, Germany was very fashionable at that time, believe it or not. Uh, they were riding, like, a high wave of fashion. So the way they're dressed and the color representation isn't that odd, actually, <laughs> compared to probably how it really was then. This is probably how 
a lot of people almost were dressed. There's probably a little bit of embellishment, but for the most part, a lot of people were styled and, you know, their houses were decorated this way. So it's, it wasn't that uncommon. But even yeah. more so, which is really even more interesting, the color starts off super bright in this movie. And as it goes, it gets darker. The less Jojo becomes, fall, is in love with Hitler and his belief, the color slowly seeps away from this movie the more real it gets towards the end. And then at the end, once we get to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the ending at some point, but once we get to the end, the color is fully restored again once he sees the light again. Uh, but I like how the color represents his joy, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. I also think that, yeah, that's interesting with the color. I also feel that it's very interest, Like it's always interests me with like how people directors and everything mm -hmm. go back to back in time with these costumes and how realistic they look to like the time period. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, sometimes you'll get like certain movies that are based on certain times and you're like, Oh, they would have never had that or this. Mm -hmm. But I feel like most of like the stuff that they had in this movie right. is very realistic. Mm -hmm. Like even the parts with like the airplanes or the tanks coming in and stuff mm -hmm. and everything seemed very realistic. And like, the part where he throws the grenade and everything, mm -hmm. that all seemed pretty realistic to me. No, it, it did, which is interesting. Uh, he uses a really excellent form of cinematography, I think, in this movie. Uh, he uses uh, like a Wes Anderson-esque style. Uh, for those who know, Wes Anderson does a lot of uh, like um, Steve Zuzo, those kind of movies, Life Aquatic, stuff like that. He likes to use space. There's a lot of space in this movie. So you're not just seeing the character, you're seeing everything around them, which I think he pretty much turns the environment into a character, which is really interesting to me. Uh, even more so, there's another example is when the shoes in this movie. Shoes become something that's very important. Uh, Joe, the first part is when he discovers the Jewish girl hiding in the wall. He sees a pair of his sister's shoes that have her name engraved on them. And then going forward, Jojo has a weird thing with his mother's shoes. He keeps looking at her shoes over and over again. And eventually Jojo finds out his mother was, you know, she was working with the resistance and she's hung in the movie. And you actually don't see, you don't see her hung. You just see her shoes because that's how Jojo identifies her as her bright colored shoes. And you just see her, you, know, you just see her swinging there. You don't see the body. You just see the legs. And it's such a powerful scene. And it's so unique. Again, the cinematography is not what I would have expected out of this movie. No, it's definitely a lot more to it. And it was just very... It was one of those things where, like, that they showed you, like, her shoes. And then they kind of showed the shoes when they were she was hung. And it was kind of like a way for them to, like... Like, you got the point without actually seeing it. Right. So it kind of, like, just made you understand, like, okay, mm -hmm. now I understand it instead of... Them having to go into like a graphic detail of it or something like that. No, right. Which I thought they did a very good job of mixing like harsh things with unharsh things in yeah, a way. That, that's exactly where I was leading into. So the next thing I was leading into is I really like how the drama is balanced quite well with the comedy. I never feel like one outshines the other. I mean, maybe you can say it's there's a little more drama than comedy at times, but the drama is very, it's very thought provoking. Even the comedy is thought provoking to that extent to where, like you said, his mother, you know, you see his mother, his mother's dead in front of him, but we don't see her face. So like, that's an interesting take. Why would you do it that way? And I looked it up. Taika Waititi said, essentially that was Jojo's moment to be with his mother. 
and you seeing her face would have been intrusive to what he would have seen. He wouldn't have wanted you to see her that way. Which I'm like, damn, that, that's pretty thought-provoking. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that. And that scene alone is just it's such a harsh scene because you don't see it coming. I mean, I thought maybe she'd get captured. You know, I thought maybe something would have happened with her, but I didn't think she would. they would just kill her right in the middle of that movie. Uh, that turn from, like, you know, happy comedy to suddenly this big dramatic reveal, it's just so it's so powerful. It was really, I was, yeah. I was not expecting it. And then with the secret police, even, when they're, that scene was very tense. As much as it was played for laughs with the Hail Hitler, you were still balancing, like, oh, no, is, is she going to get caught? Uh, the Jewish girl, she ends up um, pretend, uh, I believe, what was her name? Elsa. Elsa's her name. Uh, Elsa pretends to be JoJo's sister who's passed away, and she barely gets by with the help from the other captain, who's also, you know, there's, well, we'll talk about that later, but... Again, the whole buildup, the tension in that scene is so pal- palatable, and then they just throw the comedy right back in, and it's like, what happened? <laughs> it's not, but it's not uncomfortable. It's just like this is really good. It's well done. I didn't even notice it at that point. Sometimes I couldn't yeah. tell if I was watching a drama or a comedy. <laughs> it was dramedy. Dramedy. But even the best sort, best sense of the way, it truly is. We talk a lot about dramedies now, but I think this is the best sense. This is truly what a dramedy is. It really it finds the right balance of the two and it can seamlessly move between one and the other, which I think is great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the last thing, uh, well, we'll get into that. Let's let's get into the actors. Uh, so, what did you, how did you think JoJo was in this movie? Did you like the the child child actors we've talked about extensively? Uh, what did you think of JoJo in this movie? Um, I thought JoJo was good. I thought he was played well. It's I thought tough. the kid who. Yeah. Did it? He did a did a good job mm-hmm. of kind of trying to portray the character that he was given. Mm-hmm. I think that he did it in a good way. It's tough because Jojo Rabbit essentially falls on Jojo. This movie falls on his performance, and I think he knocked it out of the park in this movie. This kid. I tried to look up to see if he did anything else. I couldn't find anything else of note that he did. Uh, yeah, he knocked it out of the park for me. He really carried this movie, everything from, you know, his blind faithfulness, convincing, like, blind faithfulness to the cause up until his slow turn into seeing the light was very believable. I mean, I see a lot of seasoned actors struggle with that kind of emotion and range. Uh, this kid had it, though, the whole way. I, I, I thought he was great. You know, I, he has a bright... I mean, if he can keep this up, he's got a bright future, I think, because he, he really sold it to me, you know, the whole yeah, convincing. Um, then we had... Um, Thomas and McKenzie, uh, she played Elsa. I thought she did a good job. Um, so essentially Elsa is, you know, the, she's the Jewish girl on the wall that the mother is protecting. Uh, she did a good job. She, she, and I don't know if she had as much material to work with, but she had a couple solid scenes. Uh, you know, she would tease Jojo cause they kind of build a relationship. She would tease him, but then she was hurting too. Cause you know, she's a Jewish girl and she can't go outside because of everything that's going on right. You know, at that point. And, she conveyed emotion really well, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I thought she was good. For, like, the little parts that she was kind of in, I felt like she was very good. She mm-hmm. did a very good job, like, with the character she was given to. Right. Uh, and then we have Scarlett Johansson, who plays JoJo's mother. Um, she was great in this. I like. I really like Scarlett Johansson. I think she's a fantastic actress. Uh, no different here. Uh, she, all her interactions are memorable as like the strong protective mother of her son. She doesn't believe in him as far as his beliefs, as far as his political beliefs, but 
she doesn't want to flat out say, I don't believe in you or this is wrong. She wants him to realize it, which I think is really strong for a parent to be and to portray a parent that way where she's not just like, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Which she, she kind of comes across that way at times, but she wants Jojo to realize the error of what he's believing instead of forcing him to feel a different way, which I thought was a different take for a parent in a movie for sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that, that was a good take about it. And I feel like it helps, helps like your, your kids come up with their own opinions instead of mm-hmm. trying to always have your opinion when sometimes everybody sees things different ways and you have to have your form your own opinions on certain things right? in a way. Yeah, and that was nice to see. It was a little different. Uh, next character is really uh, Sam Rockwell, who's, again, another amazing actor. And uh, Alfie Allen, who's uh, famous from Game of Thrones and the guy who killed John Wick's dog, in case anyone was curious. <laughs> That's what he's from. Uh, they, they're they interesting characters. Sam Rockwell, at first you think he's you know kind of just fed up with the whole like Nazi regiment. He's a captain. He lost his eye. Uh, he's training kids. And then because of Jojo has an accident where he gets injured, he gets demoted to working in the city and just doing a little errands for the Nazis. You kind of find out that he's actually, it's implied and pretty much confirmed that he's gay and he just can't wait for the, this all to end. You know, he hates kind of everything that's going on. He's disgusted with it. He doesn't flat out say it because he knows that he'll get punished for it. So he tries to work it around in the system to his advantage and just carry on, which I think is, that's unique for a character. And, um, you know, like I said, there's a scene where he actually helps Jojo towards the end of the movie with the scene we were talking about earlier. Uh, when Elsa's trying to pretend to be uh, Jojo's sister. And he just just helps her out of nowhere. And you're not sure what he's going to do. At, at some point, you're like, oh, I mean, he might, you know, he might be kind of a jerk and turn her in. No, he wasn't. You just you see the good nature in him. Even at the end of the movie, you see his good nature, which is great. When he, he saves Jojo's life, the uh, U.S. soldiers are, you know, killing Nazis at this point. You know, they're shooting them, you know, take, taking their lives. And... He pretty much tells Jojo, he pretends Jojo's a Jewish boy and shoes him off, and he's he's dying for Jojo to protect him. And you just see such a strong character. I mean, Sam Rockwell, I think was a underappreciated performance in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Like it was a joy to see him on screen. He, all his interactions were interesting, and like I said, I just again, he's a parody of the whole. Almost like you have to live like he's he's not outright fighting it, I would say, but he's kind of just dealing with it and he has to because it's the only way he's going to survive. Again, another just a really different, interesting take. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked him. And then, of course, uh, you know, we had a couple other pants. You had Stephen Merchant, who was just briefly in the movie, which, you know, I love Stephen Merchant as well. Uh, just playing, you know, the secret police. Uh, we talked about Yorkie earlier. I thought he was really good. Jojo's friend. Again, comic, you know, comically, comic, good comic relief for Jojo. Showed, like, the insight into what was going on. Uh, only other character I maybe I wasn't so impressed was Rebel, Rebel Wilson's character. Uh, she's the one negative of this movie. It's not necessarily her fault. I just felt like her, some of her humor and her jokes just didn't match. They kind of took me out of it briefly. I don't know if you understand, like, you see what I'm saying, like... They had the clone joke where they like have all the clones of like the Hitler the Hitler kids clone joke. Uh, again, just some of the humor, especially involving her, just took me out of the movie a little bit at times. Yeah, I didn't have much of a problem with her humor. I no, it's it's funny. A, it's, I this thought... is a nitpick. I'm giving it a nitpick. It's a nitpick. I, I, thought, I, she, I thought she was good. I thought she was good. 
like uh you know the german shepherds they actually have instead of the dogs you want uh sam rockwell wants german shepherds he wants dogs for that for them the, the unit and then they end up getting just actual shepherds that herd sheep <laughs> it's like it's silly yeah it, it takes you out a little bit it, it kind of breaks the wall a little bit but it's fine it's something that's you know taiga watiti style is very off the wall so for something like that to be in it isn't that surprising um yeah yeah and like i said we, we talked enough about taiga watiti at this point his performances hitler was amazing uh <laughs> which is weird to say well, at that point <laughs> he's also just got that whole open mind about directing right and just the way he likes to direct that I feel like always going into one of his movies mm-hmm. it's or show or whatever it is, it's always interesting to see, like, like almost very interesting to always see, like, the behind-the-scenes features right. of, like, what was going through his mind mm-hmm. in certain parts. Because it's always interesting to see things behind someone else's eyes right. and what they're feeling through a movie and how different it is how when they're creating the movie. And what they see compared to what you see in certain parts. Especially as someone unique as Taiga Watiti in general. It's just his perspective is so unique. I dare you to find another director with something that unique. Um, at this point, though, we are at the end of the video. We're getting to the end. So it's about time to give that review score. I'm going to give Jojo Rabbit an A+. I think this movie is a classic. I really do think it is. I think it incorporates history. It teaches history in a unique way. Um, it adds the comedy, the drama, but gives you a little bit of insight into what was going on, maybe a different view that wouldn't have been given before. I think it's excellent. Um, I can't compare it to the source material because I never read the book. Uh, for what I've been told, the book is very different. So if you're a fan of the book, uh, my impression is that you may not enjoy the movie as much. Uh, but again, from just a simple cinematic perspective between the cinematography, the use of color, the acting, directing all around, um, this movie is an A+. Uh, John, where do you stand with this movie? I give this movie a B. Okay. For all the reasons that we talked about, how good it was and everything and mm-hmm. how different it was, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good solid B for me. I don't think it hits that the A category yet. But okay. it's just my opinion. That's just one man's opinion. <laughs> and I'll defend it to death your right to say it. Um, no, it, that's, that's good. I mean, like I said, it's they'll have different tastes for everybody. Uh, again, I, as far as my recommendation, I think you guys should check it out. Go out of your way. Definitely check out this movie. Um, I could see why maybe it wasn't uh, broadcasted as much as tra- trailer-wise. I think people were a little scared of this movie. Which is interesting. Yeah. I think. I think. I think it's 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 kind of a crazy idea that this movie was even made when you really when you truly get down to the core that this movie even exists and the mm-hmm. fact that it just exists I think is unique and I think it should be celebrated. Uh, you know, I, I I recommend it. Please, I can't I can't stress you enough, guys. Check out this movie. So, John, where can the people find us at home if they're interested? Well, you can search us at YouTube at the Real Movie Guys. You could find us and tweet at us on Twitter at the Real Movie Guy, and you can also find us on very many podcast platforms such as. Indeed, for your listening pleasure, we are also available in podcast form at iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Uh, be sure to give us a listen at any of those fine places uh, if you already are right now. Uh, we do greatly appreciate it. Just search Real Movie Guys; we'll pop right up. 
Uh, I'd like to thank you guys all so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin, this buddy over here, his name's John. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. We will catch you next time. See ya!